Time for the May 27th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Great Popsicle Day from the University of California at Irvine, in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And, as always, Orange County's most requested virtual service animal, Mahler, (laughs) the fake news dog. (laughs) That's right, Mahler. Good boy. Today, we'll be talking about crazy snake worms, hanging Mike Pence, mandatory vasectomies, Foxy Biden, Vishnu, and then some. But first, do you ever go to a seafood restaurant, Mike? Just a, no, I haven't been to an exclusively seafood restaurant that may serve steak on the side. In many, you had many, to qualify that, yeah, well, just I mean, in case I jumped yeah, all over exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Exclusive. Exclusively. So, uh, yeah, no, not in a long, what? long time. What? What? Like you, you used to go? Yeah, you, I used what? to eat what? fish. It used to be a thing? Yeah. When it, well, sushi. Sushi. Well, that's not seafood. No. Well, kind, it is. Yeah, kind, of course it's it is. It's not like it, yeah. But you know what that's I mean. That's it. Yeah, that, 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 uh, what they call that? The fisherman's plate. <laughs> Remember the fisherman's plate, yes. which meant all the stuff that they, they had in all the other plates that was left over exactly, from last right. night. Yeah. No, I, I just thought uh, fish. I don't eat fish anymore. So I don't. Yeah, anyway. Go to Delaney's? You ever went there? Oh, yeah. Delaney's. Yeah. Sure. Back in the many days, the days of yore, I used to go back. Down go on to the peninsula? Yeah. 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 What's that place across the street? Snug Harbor, that bar? Is that where you used to go? There was a couple of late nights where I might have been there. For some, you like scallops? Entertainment, yeah. You like scallops? No, I don't like. I, that's one seafood I've never liked. Why See, not? I just I, the texture. I don't like the oh, taste. The There's a lot of reasons. I don't. They're like mollusks. It. They're mollusks. Yeah. Is that why? Saltwater clams. I am also adamantly opposed to shellfish. Isn't it? Isn't it a shellfish? Well, it's, yeah, it is yeah, kind of can, a yeah. yeah. They, it's a mollusk. They yeah, yeah. pop it out. That's a you know, bay scallops are usually okay. what we eat. Okay. I don't eat shellfish. Uh, it's in the Bible. That's really. They say not to eat shellfish. That's that's a thing. Uh, they say don't be selfish, Mike. They don't say oh, don't eat okay. shellfish. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and yeah. rethink my whole philosophy now. From the Guardian, an unusual technique for catching scallops that was discovered accidentally could reduce some of the damage fishing does to our seabeds. Marine scientists designed small underwater disco pot lights to help protect fish stocks. They Dis- called them disco. I think yeah. the Guardian just wants to get our yeah, attention. Yeah, got my attention. I don't know if they were. I yeah. don't think they were strobe lights. Right, but they were. And there was no glass ball up there, but there were <laughs> lights, and I think they were LED lights. Okay. And they uh, replaced uh, instead of using fish for yeah. bait, uh, they used these little lights in their uh, crab pots. Which are those, you know, those cages out there yeah. that they catch crabs, crabs and lobsters in and, lobsters, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no fish bait, just disco lights down okay. there. You got that? Got it. Uh, but uh, the lights were supposed to attract crabs, right, mm-hmm. into the pots. But unexpectedly, scallops, which have up to 200 eyes, maybe that's why you don't like them. Wow. Were more attracted to the LED disco lights. Wow. 
It's like a scallop disco. <laughs> you illuminate the trap and they come in, the scientist said. Wow. This has the potential to open up a whole new inshore fishery, and that's a global first. Commercially, scallops are the most valuable fishery in England and the fourth most valuable in the UK. Most are caught by dredging. Yes. Which, at an industrial scale, is damaging to marine habitats, as you can imagine. Yes. The scientists hope that scallop disco lights could create a low-impact, low-input uh, uh, fishery. Okay. You know what I mean? It's got a low scale. Now, you just put little lights down there. Yeah. The scallops are dancing. They're coming in. Da, 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 da. Boop, 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 <laughs> boop, 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 boop. So I we, love disco. So It's just such a, a driving, forceful beat. Yeah. It reminds so, me of, you know, platform shoes. <laughs> Donna Summers. Yeah. God, I hate that stuff. I know. <laughs> uh, well, so let me get this right. Uh-huh. So we figured out another way to deplete what's left of the ocean. Is that, am I misreading that? Am I over? Well, to take things, we're going to eat scallops. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's what you mean so, by depleting. Yeah, yeah, we're going to create a whole new but, but, but market. We're actually, but we're replacing we're not doing the dredging thing. We're, we're the, not doing the dredging. Just... And we'll probably, actually, if we don't do the dredging, yeah. we might have a little bit less scallops. I think we're p- trying to pay more attention to just the whole to the... system. Okay. You know. Okay. I mean, I guess. They're, yeah. All right. I think it's kind of exciting. Yeah. No, it's, it's... interesting, too. It's on a scientific level. And, and these little lights can last from five to ten years because okay. they're LED down there. Okay. Yeah, that's you know. I mean, if you're a fisherman yeah. in England, you're pretty excited about these disco lights. Well, I imagine you could probably license that particular area where the light is, right? So that it's your light, I would assume, right? You, you can put, put it them in on a... any cage. It's not an area. Okay. You put them on your little yeah. uh, pot, okay. Okay. you know, yeah. whatever they call it, the crab pots. Yeah, the crab pots. I mean, this got in this case the scallop pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Molly? Do you like this uh, setup? Or? Do you even like scallops? I don't even know if he... Well, he likes the butter on the scallops. Okay. He'll take the butter. You ever been to a mangrove forest? No, I have not. Yeah? Have you? Mangroves? I don't know. You know, it's kind of hard to say because these are like trees that can handle salt. Oh. That's a mangrove. Okay. That's what a mangrove is. Okay. They're called halophytes. And they've adapted to live in harsh coastal conditions. Okay. That's a mangrove. They contain a complex salt filtration system and a complex root system to cope with saltwater immersion and wave action. Wow. Yeah, that's a mangrove. In North America, they're found from the southern tip of Florida along the Gulf Coast to Texas. In fact, Florida's southwest coast supports one of the largest mangrove swamps in the world. Okay. For now. For now. From Reuters. In a bid to protect coastal communities from climate change and encourage investment, African nations are increasingly turning to mangrove re- restoration projects. Okay. I was going to say reforestation, with Mozambique becoming the latest addition to the growing list of countries with large-scale mangrove initiatives, including Kenya, Madagascar, Gambia, and Senegal. And its initial and its initiative is touted as the world's largest coastal or marine ecosystem carbon storage project. Okay. Known as blue carbon, because you know the ocean and all right, that. Right, right, right. Carbon capture by these ecosystems can sequester or remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere at a faster rate than forests, despite being smaller in size. So that sounds like a good deal. Yeah. 
Mozambique's mangrove restoration project hopes to turn 450,100 acres in the central Zambezia and southern Safala provinces into a forest that could capture up to 500,000 tons of carbon dioxide. That's happy news. That is very good news. This is good news here. I wonder if, now, with, at the risk of introducing a, a non-native species, I wonder if that was, would be something that you could bring to the western United States. Would that be worth it? And it'd probably be a risk. Yeah. You know, of, done, of yeah, being, getting this invasive species yeah, in there. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Mahler? You think it's a good idea? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, you can't go pee on that tree. Right. It's out in the salt water. Right. It's a little bit frustrating for him. Well, I, and I just want to say real quick okay. that there is saltwater intrusion from the Pacific Ocean into the coastline of California. Yeah. One of the ways in which it's been mitigated, at least in L.A. County, is they have the, what they call injection wells that shoot freshwater into the ground to create a wall to keep the salt water from moving further inland. Yeah. And because in the past, before they did it, it was polluting, it was essentially ruining the aquifers along the coast. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you plant trees along there, would that have any impact at all or if that, it wouldn't matter? But, I don't know. I don't know if they could take root here. You it, know? Yeah, yeah. It, it it's depends interesting. On, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. I'm not a mangrove expert. Okay. But you've introduced us to the world of mangroves. Mangroves, yes. Great. You know, I didn't even know what a mangrove was until I was 12 years old. I'm just now finding out what a mangrove is. My dad took me aside and (laughs) told me about the mangroves. You had to talk. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) If this news makes you feel better about the world, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to celebrate? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Very nice, Molly. You know, I'm always asking you questions here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Right. Well, I mean, okay. you. You want my opinion? I'm more than well, happy. I also want more your opinion. R- rend- or, or render it. Or, want to know or, about your life experiences. Or, you, or your, it, it provides fodder for, for all kinds of things. Yeah. Yes. Do you ever feed an elephant? This is a good question. I, I've been to the circus. I think I know You've I've walked the by the, where the pen where they you were had a little boy. A little boy. Were... Yeah. yeah. My grandparents would always take me to the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus uh-huh. because it always showed up in town right around my birthday. And because like... they loved animal abuse. Oh, yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Those and they. I'm not. You're barely exaggerating when oh, really? I say that. They were that kind of people. They liked the whips. I had my grandparents. Anyway, I I think. Um, I don't think I fed them, but we used to walk by the pen where they were being tortured. Yeah. Yeah, but that was... I, I at the San Diego Zoo yeah. when I was a little kid. Yeah. I remember they had some elephants out there. Yeah. And you, they still had, like, you could buy peanuts. I wasn't doing anything illegal. Mm-hmm. Now, there's this... Well, you know, there's this one woman who was feeding Cheetos to monkeys in... I think it was in Florida. And she went inside the cage... Or inside the confinement yeah. to feed Cheetos to monkeys. This was just last week. Wow! It wasn't. That's not what I was doing with the peanuts. No, you know, they no. they had it all set up. You bought a little right. handful of peanuts in a one of those yeah. dispensers. 
used to do the same kind of thing at uh, Knott's Berry Farm. Way back in the day, they had a big pool where they had uh, seals. Yeah. And you could go over and you could buy a little package of mackerel. All right. And you could throw it into the into the pen with uh with wow. the seals, and that was a thrill and a half. And he got obese seals, <laughs> and uh, you know. Yeah, that's what you with you know cardiac elephants arrest. Elephants with yeah, uh, high yeah, blood high pressure. High blood pressure. <laughs> I'm wondering if that monkey ate her face off. I'm just you know the the rest. Well, of that no, no, no. She was having a great time. Okay. She, and, she, and when they took her out and said, you know, what the f are you doing in here? She said, <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> She's kind of a dimwit. Yeah, I don't know. Another, another president of the Mensa um, Society down there in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. Mensa. Yeah. yeah. From the New York Times, some Asian elephants are a little shy about their eating habits. They sneak into dumps near human settlements at the edges of their forest habitats and quickly gobble up garbage, plastic utensils, packaging, and all. And that's not good. Mm-mm. A new study shows that their guilty pleasure for fast food is traveling with them. Elephants are transporting plastic and other human garbage deep into the forests in parts of India. When they defecate, the plastic comes out of the dung and gets deposited in the forest. They're eating like sparks and spoons. Sporks. <laughs> Elephants are important seed dispersers. Yeah. That's what they call it. And this research shows that the same process that keeps ecosystems functioning might carry human-made pollutants into national parks and other wild areas. This plastic could also have negative effects on the health of elephants and other species that are that have consumed the material once it uh, once the elephant has pooped it out. Yeah. You know, I haven't eaten that much plastic in my life, but I can't imagine that it's a good thing for anything. Well, you probably eat more plastic than you realize. This is true. This yeah. is true. It's all ground up and hardly is this trace, but by the time yeah. a year goes by, you could probably like build a Barbie doll off out of all the plastic <laughs> you've ingested. Probably true. Plastic comprised 85% of the waste found in the elephant dung from Kotwar in India. The bulk of this came from food containers and cutlery, followed by plastic bags and packaging. But the researchers also found glass, rubber, fabric, and other waste. Elephants just, they're, they're not real discerning eaters, are they? <laughs> I guess not. The elephants were likely to have been seeking out containers and plastic bags because they had leftover food inside. So we have fast food trash is what the elephants are going for. wonder if it's anything in particular, like whether they like Burger King right, or McDonald's. Right, right. What do you think? Yeah, I, I you, would what think. What is Mahler like? Here? If there's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's unusual. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit upscale there. Baja Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they use peanut oil in there. Baja Fresh? Yeah, they use peanut oil. In Is that cooking. true? No. no, no. You're making it up for the elephant tie-in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. The utensils probably were eaten in the process. That's what they're thinking. The mm-hmm. elephants just ate it all. Mm-hmm. While trash passes through their digestive systems, the elephants may be ingesting chemicals like polystyrene, polyethylene, and phthalates, which is said to contribute to declines in elephant population numbers and survival rates. We are a scourge on the planet. Wherever we go, we manage to somehow, some way, make it worse. Yeah, well, uh, well, I... that's, that's the way God planned it, Mike. Yes. Let me say there are wonderful human beings out there doing wonderful things, making the world a better place. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my God. I like that song. 
What did I? Is there that's me. Oh, that's you. Okay. We'll let it go. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll leave it on just because yeah, yeah. I like to that's amuse good, myself. Yeah, that's very cool, actually. Yeah. From United Press International. An invasive worm species known for its voracious appetite and ability to jump a foot in the air. They're worms. This is, this is frightening. Yeah. Is raising alarm in California where scientists have expressed concerns about the threat the worms pose to Ford ecosystems. Yeah. Uh, Aminthas agristus. That's the name of it. Okay. But it's also known as the Asian jumping worm. I like that one better. <laughs> the Alabama jumper. Okay. It gets around. Yeah, I guess so. Let's say you're meandering down some forested, you know, road, yeah. a little path. Yeah. And you're seeing worms. Oh, these are cute. And you yeah. bend over to look at one of them. And suddenly... And it eats your face. Yeah, it eats your face. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the name I like the best for them okay. is the crazy snake worm. <laughs> there you go. I think Fleetwood Mac wrote a song about them many years ago. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they've been spotted. Crazy snake worms have been spotted in California in recent months. The crazy snake worm is native to East Asia, particularly to Japan and the Korean Peninsula. However, in recent years, the worms made their way to North America via imported landscape in plants. You know, we like all those pretty little frilly Asian palms or whatever. I don't know what they're yeah. importing in here yeah. from here. Yeah. But that's where they've made their way. Hiding out. Hiding out in the plants. Yep. Oh. Initially spotted in Wisconsin and across New England in 2013, the worms have spread westward into dozens of states and were first seen in California's Napa County in July. They're going up there for the wine. <laughs> That's right. Can you imagine if you just saw a worm just jump a f couple of feet with that? Yeah, they're nervous, too. They're just, yeah. you can see them. You can go to YouTube and yeah. look at these little guys. Twitching. Crazy snake worms. Crazy snake worms. They're just jiggling and jumping and shooting in different ways. And they're about eight inches long. <laughs> the worms, which can grow up to eight inches in length and have a milky white band around their dark body, are distinctive for their theatrical behavior. <laughs> including wild movements uh, and even detaching body parts. Oh, my God. They're also hermaphrodites. They can reproduce without mating okay. and produce cocoons at the soil surface. Now, here's what's, what's concerning people more than just getting your face chewed off. Okay. The worm's impact on the environment. Jumping worms can destroy a food a forest ecosystem by chewing through fallen leaves and turning... Uh, in turn, destroying the top layer of forest soil upon a uh, forest soil there, which uh, plants and organisms depend on. Yeah. They cause severe damage to hardwood forests, especially maple, basswood, red oak, poplar, or birch species that rely on thick layers of leaf litter. That's good for their rooting. Yes, experts have recommended several strategies to detect and eliminate the worms, including a mustard pour. Okay. You just pour mustard. Put some on. mustard seed. Yeah, you just don't go down and get French's mustard <laughs> or gray poupon. Just start squirting all over the forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be interesting. That might do the trick, too. Maybe. But you get the mustard seeds and you mix it with water and you spray it over the surface oh. of the uh, soil there and it drives them out. Or covering moistened soil with a sheet of transparent polyethylene for two to three weeks until soil temperatures exceed 104 degrees Fahrenheit for at least three days. That's how you get them out. And that so destroys their cocoons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Speaking of long tubular animals, uh, did you ever run into a real uh, rattlesnake? Mm -hmm. I almost said real estate. <laughs> well, real estate yeah, agent. Yeah, exactly. I was, the, uh, I was thinking of snakes there. <laughs> uh, I had no. Yeah, when I when we lived in the wonderful community, bedroom community of Tahunga, California. Tahunga. Tahunga. One summer, by the body count in my little cul-de-sac, was over twenty rattlesnakes were wow. killed in one summer. Not just my house. My dad, my mom was a fearless snake killer. A rattlesnake yeah, killer? Yeah, she wow. went out there with a shovel. Just she, beat on them. She well decapitated them. Well, oh, she used the side of the shovel. Yeah, and just she punk. was. Yeah, because she was a. She well, was that's... A, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. know. Looking Listen, back, did look, she yeah, keep the heads? No. Yeah, she had pelts, uh, you know, yeah. strung up on the garage door in case no. anyone got any ideas. Made some shoes for herself. Made some shoes. No, yeah. back then, there's so many things that we did back then that were just stupid. And but they were. She was trying to protect us. They were. Yeah, we I had understand. A, we had a swimming pool in the backyard, so they were attracted to the water, and so the yeah. snakes were, huh? Yeah. From the San Francisco Chronicle. Rattlesnakes are thriving in California, according to a recent joint Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and University of Michigan study, which reveals that seven species of rattlesnakes found in California are among the fastest-growing animal populations in the state. And why? Why? Climate change. Yes, of course. The snakes are thermos regulators, which means they're able to change their own body temperature, temperatures to suit their surroundings. Coastal rattlesnakes have internal body temperatures of around 70 degrees and inland rattlesnakes average around 74 degrees. Wow. But their preferred range is 86 to 89 degrees. Which That's is where we're heading. Yeah. <laughs> they like it hot. In the study, researchers said the increase in the number of snakes, uh, snakes in California, real estate agents in California, <laughs> can affect the ecosystem. Rattlesnakes play an important part as both predator and prey they help regulate the population of ground squirrels and also serve as food for owls, hawks, and eagles. Yeah. Which means that it's going to be a fun time for owls, hawks, and eagles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when climate change, ha change happens, except they're going to get hot. Yeah. That might be bad for them. Yeah. We might just have an overpopulation of rattlesnakes here. Yeah. A warmer climate may help these snakes heat up to temperatures that are more optimal for digestion and reproduction. <clears throat> So be careful. Yeah, wasn't uh, snakes one of the seven um, plagues visited upon the world in the Bible? I believe that was real estate agents. Oh, it was real estate yeah, agents. Yeah, oh, okay. I guess. So it's easy to make that mistake. Yeah, I just want to be sure you guys are okay because right here around KUCI, yeah, we got like a little habitat down below us. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a rattlesnake down there right now. Yeah. You never can tell. Mahler, have you yeah. been down there? Yeah, yeah. You're, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, just be careful. Yeah. yeah. Now through early fall is the time to be on the lookout for rattlesnakes as their population continues to spike in California. You should stay on trails and watch where you're stepping. Mm -hmm. Avoid rock, wood, and other debris piles. Okay. Uh, store wood away from the footprint of your house. Mm -hmm. Just piles of stuff because mm -hmm. they like to slither around in there. And if you do see a rattlesnake, give it space. Don't poke it. Uh, stay and don't have, stay and have a staring contest. And above all, don't sell them your house. <laughs>
No, don't yeah. let them get anywhere near your house, yeah. in fact, because yeah, they've got friends, and they've got friends, and yeah. then they start networking, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, you got a for sale sign out uh, yeah, in front of exactly. your house, yeah, exactly. and they're driving around they're driving in their around. Mercedes. Yes, yes, and they're all Republican, yeah, by the way. Yeah. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9, on our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com, and on Twitter at, and Instagram yeah. at KUCIFM. That's a lot. That's really fun. <sighs> Want to take a little breather here? I'm okay. I'm just yeah. getting. I'm, I'm catching my second wind right now. Yeah, yeah I feel it. I can feel like there's some, you know, some <laughs> some stuff to be really talked about and said. You know what I'm saying? I feel it. Yeah. Well, we just been talking about snakes. Yeah. And worms. Yeah. And elephants. Yeah. Oh my. But but, you know, nothing that really slithers and. No. You know, feels a certain off. kind of predator. That we haven't talked about. Yeah, certain kind. Yeah. Yeah. What kind would that be, Mike? I would say human. Human predators. Yeah, human predators. Well, speaking of snakes. Yes. From Slate Magazine. The fact that this week ex-president Donald Trump reportedly agreed that a mob should hang his vice president, Mike Pence, was only a minor news story. (laughs) (laughs) But here it is anyway. You know, president wants to hang vice president. (laughs) Yeah, who cares anymore? (laughs) Shortly after hundreds of rioters at the Capitol started chanting, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence. It has a nice ring to it, you know? Yeah. Not that I want to hang Mike Pence, but, you know, it's single syllables and Republicans (laughs) understand that. That was January 6th of 2021. Right shortly after that was going on, the White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, left the dining room off the Oval Office, walked into his own office and told colleagues that Trump was complaining that his vice president was being whisked safe to safety. Yeah. He was upset, Trump yeah. was, yes, that they were trying to protect the vice president. Right. Meadows, according to an account provided to the House committee investigating January 6th, then told the colleagues that Trump had said something to the effect of maybe Pence should be hanged. Now, this, this, did this comment come according to a timeline that would indicate it happened after the crowd was chanting hang, hang Mike Pence, or did, is, do, is it in that detail? It was shortly after. Shortly they, after, they okay. Were okay. Hanging, they, they, they were saying chanting, chanting hang yeah. Mike, okay. And pro- probably uh, Trump saw the... Noose there. Yeah, they were broadcasting yeah. Yeah, they were, at that point in time. They were, yeah, they were carrying around essentially a gallow yeah. for someone to be hanged. It wasn't. I don't think they could really hang no, anybody I on don't that either. gallow. It was, it was kind of a mocked-up gallow. Right, right, right. Who knows what the hell? But they did. the spirit of the idea was there. The spirit the of hanging yeah, was, there. was in the air, and they yeah. did have rope. Yes, they did, they have, did rope. have rope. Yeah, definitely. And all, also, that there, the number of them were carrying those little tie things that yeah. people get arrested. They tie up the they bond yeah. bank. Bind them together. Sorry. Yeah. Bing, bang, bind Bing, them. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. So. That's all. I just think it's kind of interesting. That yeah. We just kind of let this stuff go anymore. I know. And Can you imagine if Joe Biden said he wanted to hang uh, Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris? Yeah. yeah. No. That wouldn't go over really no, well. No, I don't think it would. Uh-uh. You know, I don't know if you got confirmation. 
on that story that came out about three weeks ago, which is when Mike Pence was being whisked out of the Capitol, uh-huh. and there was a limousine waiting for him. The Secret Service are with him, and they're mm-hmm. they're they're ushering him towards the limo yeah. for his safety. Yeah. And he looked at the limo, and then he turned to one of his aides and said, I'm not getting in that. Yeah, I remember. I don't know exactly what kind of confirmation, but it... Well, it in, in light of this, that that happened. Yeah. this sure feels like it's a part of the same continuum yep. of concern that Mike Pence had, because his concern was, apparently, that if he got in that limo, he would never get back to the Capitol to confirm the election. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how close everybody. You know, there's so many things in this thing, in this episode of this, uh, this attempt to overthrow a duly elected government that when you just how many opportunities there were in this mix yeah. to really rat f the the whole process uh, yeah i never think i thought i'd ever say it but thank god for dan quayle dan quayle yeah he's the, the one that yeah. talked to mike pence and and advised him that no it was his duty to simply sign off on this it was a a formality it was it was pomp and circumstance it wasn't uh something that he had any right to disqualify yeah and mike pence let's just say for the sake of our democracy mike pence did the right thing yeah and yes, and to Dan Quayle of all people. Wow. Hmm. <sighs> you know any Southern Baptists? Not that I'm aware of. Huh. I don't do you no, I don't think I do. That's an interesting cultural question. Yeah. Do you well, know we're any... not we're not in the South, as they say. Yeah. We're in the Southwest. Yeah. But it's the largest denomination, yeah. Protestant denomination, mm-hmm. I believe, in the country. I don't think I know any Southern Baptists. Yeah, well, they kind of, I'm sure I knew some in my youth. Yeah. But then in like in 1979, their their convention there in Houston, Mm -hmm. a group of right-wing reactionary pastors completed their decades-long campaign to take control of the direction of the church and turn it into a uh, hellhole. Yeah. An anti-Christian organization. And and that's how Ronald Reagan came to power, pretty much, by... Snaking up to them. Yeah. And now, yeah. after we hear all about this, and of course, you and I, being Democrats and just by natural logic, being pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. Godless yeah. pedophiles. From the Associated Press, leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention, who love to vote Republican, released a major third-party investigation that found that sex abuse survivors were often ignored, minimized, and even vilified by top clergy in the nation's largest Protestant denomination, mm-hmm. Southern Baptists, who love to vote for Republicans. Mm-hmm. The findings of nearly 300 pages include shocking new details about specific abuse cases and China light on how denominational leaders for decades actively resisted calls for abuse prevention and reform. The 13 million member denomination has struggled struggled with declining membership for the past 15 years. So have a lot of churches. The report compiled by an organization called Guidepost Solutions at the request of Southern Baptists states that their abuse survivors' calls and emails were only to be met time and again with resistance, stonewalling, and even outright hostility by leaders who were concerned more about protecting the institution from liability than from protecting Southern Baptists from getting effed over, (laughs) or raped, or sodomized, or groomed. Or groomed, yeah. Yeah, 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 there you go. So that's your Southern Baptist story of the day. Yeah, that is... uh... I don't 
want to make this a sweeping assessment of all people of faith or Republicans even. But it is oftentimes the case that the people who are yelling the loudest about a particular behavior or or criminal enterprise have often ended up being the people who are more likely to have been perpetrating that. You mean like Trump? Like Trump. Yeah. Yes. Like the Republican Party. In general. Been taken over by Trumpists and lunatics. Yes. And they make these accusations about the Democrats that are actually really kind of projections of their own particular behavior. Yeah. And that's disturbing. Surprised there hasn't been more of a book out on that subject about projecting like that. But anyway, you know, and people are saying, too, whoa, what about the Catholics? Yeah, what about them? Well, you know, they're doing all that kind of hanky-panky, too, which is just, I'm not trying to... I know how the Catholics justify what they did. How they do it. I don't know how the Southern Baptists will justify what happened. There is this school of thought in in the church, the Catholic Church, that a sin is a sin. Yeah. And no more, no less than another one. There's sort of this sort of flattening out the. Well, that's is that your school of thought? No, it's no, just this, one of them. This is one of the rationales. Higher up one? Yeah, rationales for the, the the perception of raping children is a sin, but it's no more, no less than a lot of other sins. So therefore, why are we so exercised about it? So if I eat a hot dog on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's about equal to say, and then stabbing my wife yeah, and 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 strangling strangling my children, or sodomizing a seven year old. Yeah, you that, know, it's, exactly it's just kind of the yeah. same. It comes out kind of in the same general hmm. area. That's interesting. Yeah, my take is the the Catholics are you know the the priests. <laughs> they don't have any sex. Well, that they got no release. Yeah. Now I'm not trying to make an excuse for them, no. but. But the Southern Baptists haven't don't have any rules like that, no. and they're still going around doing this. Catholic, they don't have any. They they have plenty of outlet. Yes. For their genitals. Yes. But the, yeah. but they they need this extra little perk. Catholics. Yeah. You know they're just it's, desperate. So the the Catholic Church is the largest sexual denier of sex. In the world. Yeah. I said that wrong. Largest denier of sex in, in the world. In the whole the... world. And you band together. You put men, all these men in a situation where they're not allowed to get married. Yeah. Not allowed to be sexual. If people are of a particular disposition to yeah. do those kinds of things. Like they, Southern Baptists. Like they found themselves. They found yeah. a, a place where they can get away with it. That's yeah. what's happened in the Catholic Church. By the way, the reason they don't get married was way back in the... St. Augustine days, back yeah. in the 4th century, the church, or 5th, whatever it was in the way back, the church was starting to accumulate assets because they were building churches all around the, the world. Yeah. And priests were marrying at that time. And what they were doing was passing their property and oh. their, uh, their accumulation of wealth to their, to their families. And daughters. And, yeah, and yeah. the church said, we want that. Yeah. So you can't get married. Yeah, you can't get married because everything will now come back to the church. But and they was, turned it into some sort of yeah, holy, holy celibacy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Damn those Catholics. Yes, that's what I'm talking but about. I, I, I have more of a grace toward the Southern Baptists. Well, okay. Just because they can, they can do whatever they want, yeah. you know? And they're still doing yeah. nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's sinful of me to think that. Praise Jesus. Mahler, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> God, <laughs> bring the fire and brimstone. 
From Daily Kos, the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution is the latest casualty of the rogue U.S. Supreme Court with the supreme radical extremists, that's the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. deciding that not everyone is entitled to competent legal defense and once again overturning Supreme Court precedent to do it. The court, six to three, ruled that federal judges cannot hear new evidence from death row inmates whose state-appointed lawyers did not provide constitutionally adequate defense. That's crap. This means that innocent people are going to be put to death. One of them is likely to be Barry Jones, one of the petitioners in this case, who convicted, whose conviction came after shoddy police work and inadequate defense. David Ramirez, the second petitioner, is severely mentally disabled. That fact was never raised by his defense attorney, even though federal law would exempt Ramirez from the death penalty. So shoddy counsel. Shoddy yeah, shoddy counsel. And the Supreme Court says, eh. Yeah. And what's bad about this is, that, well, the, court, the same Supreme Court extremists who are poised to toss federal abortion rights, presumably in respect to the sanctity of life, have just ensured that more people some of whom are innocent, will be put to death by the state. Right. And it's also taking away power from the government to do anything about them. Right. It's just throwing it into the courts, which is exactly where the Republicans want a lot of stuff to be end up these days because yeah. of what they've done over the last because decade. Because Mitch McConnell has, uh, has basically stacked the deck in favor of Republicans for the next quarter century in, yeah. in all likelihood. By the way, I want one quick thing about the abortion, the soon-to-be-announced abortion decision. Uh-huh. I want to know what it looks like and feels like for American women and American public in general when people, when women start being imprisoned. Yeah. Because these laws are calling for their imprisonment to seek an abortion. Yeah. What happens when women are arrested and put, in, put on trial, sentenced to prison for having sought a constitutional right to an abortion. Pitchforks. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Nashville News from Nashville News Channel 5. Yeah. There's a little bit of light, lightness, levity Mm -hmm. to the discussion. Oklahoma Representative Mickey Dolenz took a different approach when it came to abortion legislation by proposing mandatory vasectomies for boys once they hit puberty. (laughs) As he spoke to GOP lawmakers, Dolan's added the vasectomy added that vasectomies would be reversed only when the men reached the point of financial and emotional stability. Oh my God! Dolan said he made the proposal to show why the government should keep their hands off our genitals. This is a, oh. you know he's doing it as a uh, like he a, knows it's not going to pass. Just right. want to be sure people know what they're doing here. To all the angry males, if mandatory vasectomies sounds absurd, the idea of government regulating women's reproduction should too. Yeah. Dolan said his proposal comes after Governor Kevin Stitt signed a this is in Oklahoma signed a bill early in early May that bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. Last Thursday, the Oklahoma legislature passed a bill that prohibits nearly all abortions starting at fertilization. Yeah, that's... By the way, it's good to see that Mickey landed on his feet after that gig with the monkeys kind of dried up. Mickey? Yeah. 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 Uh Good to see. Right. From the New Republic. There's just a little uh, uh, opinion piece here. Mm -hmm. The New Republic. Mm -hmm. President Biden, Joe Biden... President I like to call Joe. Joe Joe, you know. Uncle Joe. Joe. Joe in there. President Joe Biden said the U.S. would re- respond militarily if China attacked Taiwan. 
Yes, he did. He said that. And they're saying, oh, it's a gaffe. You know, or or he's, you know, Joe, you yeah. just, you know, we don't know what to say. He got hit in the head. Yeah. yeah. That statement during a joint press conference in Tokyo with the Japanese prime minister has provoked a great deal of feigned anger in Beijing and a great deal of squirming in much, if not most, of the American foreign policy establishment. Beijing may affect indignation. I, I'm shocked. Shocked that there's gambling going on in this establishment. Exactly. That reality is going on. But China understands perfectly well that despite Ukraine, the U.S. continues to refocus its military center of gravity away from the Middle East and Europe and toward the Pacific, and it is cementing or strengthening military relationships with Australia, with South Korea, and most importantly of all, with a Japanese government that seems to have both the will and the political support to vastly increase its military power. So what Joe Biden is saying is what everybody knows anywhere who's been paying attention, that, yeah, if you if you forcibly go into Taiwan, we're going to forcibly prevent that. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like, Nathan. No, I don't, need, I, and I don't I mean, know even know if I like the idea, but stop saying that he's yeah. saying things that he just doesn't know what he's saying. He knows exactly what he's saying. Yeah. From Fast Company, of the 200,000 people, of the 200,000 people in the U.S. who have amputations each year, 130,000 of those 200,000 are specifically from complications with diabetes. Mm -hmm. Ulcers will form in the bottom of people's feet where, under the weight of their own bodies, these wounds refuse to heal. Amputation comes next, after which point a person with diabetes has the same five-year mortality rate as someone with cancer. Following decades in the industry, podiatrist Jason Hanf was disgusted by his inability to help patients more. And after auditing what was going wrong, wrong at his own practice, he teamed up with former Nike designer Michael DeTullo to do something about it. It's a $250 medical boot that looks purposely like a Jordan high top. Instead of complicated laces, the entire front of the boot velcros off so it's easy to slip a foot inside. Mm -hmm. Once on, it redistributes weight off of the ball of the foot, where 83% of diabetic wounds happen across the arch and legs so that 80% of patients healed in an average of five and a half weeks in a clinical study. Wow. Yeah. By comparison, only 21% of diabetic wounds healed after 12 weeks normally. As a result, Hanf believes that his product could save up to 80,000 limbs each year in wow. the U.S. alone. That's now a that real... is, thank you, Nathan Callahan, for that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, a... that's a good way to put a technology to work here and without a whole wow. lot of thinking either, it sounds right, like. Right, right. You're just trying to redistribute weight for yeah. these people. Here's another kind of interesting thing from the Los, from Los Angeles Times. You know, me and my, my fetish with the extra the. The, yeah. Yeah, loss is the. Yeah. So I'm saying the, the. The, the. Yeah, Angeles it's, it's Times. hard not to say that. And they don't do that with Le Monde, which I, you know, the French newspaper. Mm -hmm. They don't say the Le Monde. <laughs> <laughs> it gripes me, you know, why, why we don't bring our own language into line. The California DMV is exploring app-based driver's licenses stored on your smartphone, which will give you more control over your personal information. Good. Louisiana, Colorado, and Arizona have already rolled out mobile licenses, and Utah is testing them, so oh. we're getting in line. Okay. 
A problem with physical cards is that they share too much information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going down to the bar. Mm-hmm. And there's a creepy bouncer there mm-hmm. that you don't like. Yeah. And he demands proof that you're old enough to enter. Yeah. Yeah. That happens that a lot. All the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't just show him the birth date on your license. You have to show him your address and your name and everything. Right. The license app would be able to answer some yes or no questions. Yeah. So it can reveal whether you're old enough just by him scanning it. It won't give them all the information, right. and the scanner is not uh, is not grabbing information. That's that'll be the compact that they'll come up with in putting this out. The way the system is designed, none of the information you disclose will be shared by the by the bouncer's device. The mobile license is easier for the bouncer to check, too. Yeah, instead of him scrutinizing your physical license for watermarks or other anti counterfeiting features. His device will use a cryptographic technique to confirm that your license is authentic. Gotcha. Yeah. Also, even as a counterproof, undated physical ID card can't confirm that the hand it belongs to is the person who obtained it. You get someone who looks vaguely like you. Yeah. And make yourself look vaguely like them. Yeah. It's just say, yeah, I had my picture taken on a yeah. after a really bad night. <laughs> Look, or I've just had a really bad <laughs> night. In real case. Bad. <laughs> uh, there is information on the card that a cashier or clerk can check against a person's physical appearance, but that's hardly a foolproof system of verification. The app-based ID could have multi-factor identification. Yeah. So when they go in and check, you just yeah. put in a uh, uh, whatever. You know, call yourself. You know what would be fun is if it could produce like... Uh, Princess Leia in, in uh, Star Wars, a little hologram would pop up of you. Yeah? A little hologram. You'd like to be Princess Leia? Is that what you're telling well, me? Well, I'd like to. Uh, uh, oh, I, that's a revelation. Well, Mike. Well, you know. Yeah. You but, like the yeah. buns? <laughs> I like the buns, yeah. yeah. I like <laughs> and yeah. finally, yeah. from The Guardian, a gang of thieves <laughs> have returned more than a dozen idols they stole from an ancient Hindu temple in India. Last week, the group ripped off, ripped off 16 statues from a 300-year-old temple to Lord Balaji, an incarnation of the Hindu god Vishnu. On Monday night, they left 14 idols near the house of the temple's chief priest with a letter of confession. Excellent. Yeah. Good. We are returning your valuables, it said. We have not been able to sleep, eat, and live peacefully. We are fed up with the scary dreams. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review Podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.